Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story to tell, and our Wonder Women in Business podcast gives a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine. Tune in to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public for great episodes starring people like Sheila Murphy. Sheila, thank you for being here today. Susan, I'm so happy to be here with you and your audience. Great, great, great. So you are one of my favorite new friends in my life. Um, tell me a little bit about your background, your education, occupation, your, um, the things that you like to spend your time doing. How is it you came into my life? <laughs> well, I came into your life through Twitter, as we both know. Love so it. You, so that answers the age-old question, can you meet someone on social media? And the answer is yes, and your life will be better for it. Um, for over 20 years, as a former senior legal officer at a Fortune 50 company, I successfully coached and transformed talent in corporate America and law firms and law firms, as well as provided strategic and legal and risk mitigation advice. Um, as part of this, I developed really strong teams and individuals and began to have a reputation as someone who you went to if you wanted to have someone develop to the next level. Today, I've retired from uh, MetLife after 24 years, and I have embarked on my second chapter where I am a coach and career consultant, as well as a business developer and business consultant. I specialize in lawyers and law firms with a particular focus on the skills and attributes essential to networking, business development, leadership, and diversity. In addition to that, I consult on insurance litigation and regulatory issues. My passion has always been helping people get to that next level and develop. So I was really excited to have the opportunity to embark on this as a career. I work with individuals at all levels, uh, helping them find what makes them happy and successful and bring them to the next level. Um, I'll stop for a second. If, I don't know if you have any questions sort of on my background. I do. I do. I, don't, I didn't want to interrupt, but um, I like to make this conversational, so I might be guilty of interrupting you on occasion throughout the podcast. You are very fascinating to me. Um, I want the audience to know a little bit on a, a conversational level how we actually met on Twitter. Um, so Sheila and I share a passion for equity in the workplace. We are very active on Twitter in supporting uh, women in business, particularly in legal, perhaps because that's where our careers have been focused for the past many, many years. Um, but as we got to know each other on Twitter, we found we knew some of the same people at MetLife, of course, because she's worked there so long. But I used to live and work in Boston, and MetLife was one of my clients. So some of the folks that she worked with who know her fine work in legal were um, people that I worked with when I was uh, at a company in Boston, and I would work with MetLife's marketing department. So it, we started chatting on Twitter, and I started to find that she was someone I could go to for advice, for guidance. She knew the, she, she really knew the ropes. She, she understood um, the language, the landscape, not just legal, but business of law. 
and she understood um, not just business of law, but marketing um, and the difference between business development and marketing. And I thought, gee, you know, I wonder if she realizes I'm sort of glomming on to her as a coach or as a mentor. Um, and, and I was like, I, ho I hope that she doesn't mind that I ask her advice um, on certain issues. And, and she grew to be someone I knew and liked and trusted. And now I, I tweet her private messages and say, hey, what do I do about this? What do you think of that? And I am glad to recommend her to others, lawyers and uh, others who are seeking counsel as far as business development best practices go. Uh, she's very, very, very good at what she does. Well, thank you. And what I would add is that we found out since that time that we have more connections in common. And so I really think it's six degrees of Susan, Susan Freeman is the name <laughs> of the game. But Kevin I, has nothing on me. <laughs> nothing at all. That's Even funny. can dance. Um, but we, you know, what I think we both shared in common and why we are finding these overlaps on our networks is the fact that we both take networking and creating authentic connections really seriously. Yes. And I think, you know, that speaks volumes for, you know, both of us um, because you haven't, we both have networks that we can go to get recommendations, check people out. And it's a very powerful tool. I agree. I agree. And I have no, um, hesitation whatsoever when someone comes to me and and says you know i need can you recommend a coach can you recommend someone who can help a friend of mine or a family member or someone i know who needs some help along these lines no hesitation whatsoever recommending sheila because i feel like uh she would do what i would do or she would say what i would say and and guide this person down the right path um, well, and, and I, and, okay. I just wanted to add, the other thing is, I think it's a continuing giving thing when you're in this sort of networking type relationship is, you recommended that I speak to someone, uh, and I had a phone call with that, uh, one, um, one of those people yesterday, and as a result of that, I reached out to someone in my network who I think this person should be connected to. So it, it's a continual giving. If people give to you, you will give back, and it just, you know, we all add value. I actually, um, I think you're either born this way or not. I don't know. But um, like Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, I am a giver. And I do think in the long run, givers win. Um, I do well with people who are quid pro quo, you know, the matchers, you know, do something for me. I do something. I'm okay with that. That's fine. It's the takers that I have to run from, um, but I'd rather be the giver and not and and not change uh, who I am. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to. Um, I guess they call that traction marketing. It's not a put on. It's just a natural um, state of being for you and for me to pay it forward and to delight in seeing others succeed. Um, I think that everyone who knows my business model for what I do. Uh, most of my listeners do. Uh, they know that I do this to shine a light on other women in business. Tell me a bit about your proudest professional accomplishment, speaking of women in business. I mean, on a personal level, this is easy for me. It is developing strong teams and individuals. I am never more proud than someone when someone who I work with 
who I had worked with in the past comes to me and tells me that they've gone on to a new challenge, they're succeeding, they've got a promotion, they've changed careers because they realized they weren't happy and they come back to thank me or to tell me what an impact I had on how they viewed their development. Because I truly believe that we, we are at our best when we leave our teams and our companies stronger and we do that by developing others. Yeah. And so you have to be, have an open heart and it can't be just about yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you leave wherever you are better than when you got there. And that might be through others. Um, I love that. I love that. So let me ask you, someone had to inspire you along the way. Um, I believe in true leadership that you find you motivate and inspire others to do as well or better than you yourself have done. Who inspired you? Uh, Teresa Wynn-Roseborough, who's general counsel at Home Depot. I was fortunate enough to work with Teresa for a number of years, and she became a mentor, a sponsor, a friend. Um, she believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. She saw potential in me. She stretched me. She gave me opportunities. Um, she told me when I was crazy. I remember specifically Hi. there was a point when I was, I was talking to her about getting a, um, a, a mentor who was at an executive level. And I said, I came up with a list of things of, that I needed help with so we could figure out who would be the best mentor for me to get. And she looked at this list and she said, Sheila, if this was all true that you had problems with all this stuff, we'd be having a different type of conversation. And so she was just so inspirational. She's a hugger, which if you know me, I'm not a hugger. So we are very different in, in our approaches, but there is no better leader than Teresa. That's so great. So um, some people are not huggers. Um, I am a hugger. And one time I was hugging, I hugged someone who's not a hugger. And I had to later then apologize for that because, you know, you can't just go there. You have to make sure you have permission to do that. And being from the South, we have to ask permission a lot. Um, we used to have to ask forgiveness a lot, but now I'm learning I have to ask permission a lot being from the South. Um, but I was delighted to see on Michelle Obama's Twitter profile that she calls herself hugger in chief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So let me ask you, are you still close with this um, woman, this friend yes. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I love yeah. that. And in fact, she was one of the people I reached out to when I was made the career change and talked to her. And she was, she's just, she's just ha wants you to be happy and to find your place. That is so great. So folks, one of the things that I love about Sheila, and I, I use the word love, like a lot of people um, don't, but I use the word love. Um, one of the things that I love about her is that she is authentic in that she will tell you how she learned from the things she overcame, not just I'm, you know, I am this title or I am this pay grade or I am this, you know, upper level. She is, she's all that, but she shares with you the lessons learned and how she got there. So for me, I can't relate to people who just tell me like a, a lot of lawyers, for example, and, and my listeners are mostly in legal. So you'll get this. A lot of lawyers, for example, will go into a client and say, you need to hire me because, you know, I was super lawyer for this many years in a row, or I went to this law school, or I won this many cases. 
but the client can't relate to that in any way. How does the client know that you, the lawyer, understand his or her business? But when you show them how you overcame certain problems or challenges or achieved certain goals through um, the tough stuff, then you lead them along the way. So I feel like you, Sheila, have, um, you're real, you know, you're approachable, you're authentic. I can, I can relate to you and you make me believe that I can someday um, make it like you've made it. Well, I do have that natural inclination of a lot of lawyers to believe that I am always right. Um, it's something I've worked on. And in fact, as the executive sponsor of the Women's um, Business Network for uh, MetLife in the U.S., I learned, you know, to let go and let the women who are running the programs come up with their own ideas. And I will tell you, there were a couple of their ideas where I was like, I don't know if we should do this. And they turned out to be some of our most successful ideas. So it doesn't matter how senior you are. Good ideas come from everywhere, every place. And sometimes, yeah, I'm wrong. I hate to say it, but it does happen. But the fact that you say that makes you relatable. We're all wrong. And, you know, I always say win or learn, never lose. So I think it's terrific. What, um, what are some of the, the good ideas that you're talking about? The things that you didn't, are you okay if I ask you that? Oh, yeah, I'll say it. The two things were one was a returnship program for people who have left the workforce, both men and women. I think we thought initially that it would be mostly women, you know, participating in the program, but we actually had a few men participate in it nice. who were taking career breaks. And the second was the lean-in circles. And we ended up at Met, I think, having over a thousand lean-in circles at one point and being recognized by the lean-in organization for the fine work. Um, Donna Sorty, who was one of um, the women who led the program, did a remarkable job. And before that, Kim Gelfile, I'm going to blow her last name, had led the effort. Um, Kim actually got to speak before uh, Sheryl Sandberg did an event. It, wow. It, it, yeah, it was great. I do believe in that organization. I believe in their mission, vision, and strategy. I still think that they are um, trailblazers. And I think that, wow, pretty courageous of MetLife and you and your organization to um, buy into that and to promote that and to walk the walk. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, let me ask you, on that same note, you know that I personally believe in lifting women and women should lift one another up not put each other down. So how, how is it, you know, give me an example. How would you advise other women to support women in business? I know you personally live it, um, but how, what's some advice day to day we can do to help one another? There's so many ways we can help each other. Um, the first is when we see or hear unconscious bias entering into the workplace, you need to call it out and you need to have those discussions, both with the men and the women. Um, most of it is unconscious and unintentional, and unless you say something, no one's going to know that they should be changing their behavior and why. And I found when I've raised it with most guys, they are really open to it, and they are willing to change. Um, one thing that I you know, called out was at one point that the senior women always got up and helped cut cake and hand it out for birthdays, and the guys just sat there, and I, I said, I'm sitting wow. here. You guys are perfectly able to get up and serve cake, and it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote woman's function. And I've also had more serious conversations in terms of rating uh, and bonus discussions where I thought that unconscious bias may have 
crept, crept into the conversation. But again, each time the men responded positively to the conversation. I also think that, you know, when you have a chance to toot another woman's horn, whether it's in person, social media, you got to do it. Uh, so many women don't like tooting their own horn and speaking for themselves. We should be ambassadors for each other. We should help each other out and amplify their strengths and how wonderful they are. I agree. I agree. I want to say something. It's funny slash not funny. You know, uh, years and years ago before, I, I guess I was, ooh, I don't even want to tell you how old I was because then you might do some math. But a long time ago, um, this very senior male partner in a firm where I was working asked me to come along. And I was pretty senior. My position was pretty senior. Uh, he asked me to come along with him so that I could push the button on the remote for his PowerPoint presentation and talk about what we now call office housework, right? I said to him, sir, and I didn't say sir, I used his name, but I'll say sir now. And in my head, I probably said something way worse, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I said, um, do you know how to remote to work the remote on your TV at home? <laughs> and he was like, Oh yeah, I get it. Okay. So it was just, I think second nature for him to just to, to ask someone else, come push the buttons, come cut the cake, come take the notes, come, you know, um, make sure we have the pizza for the meeting or the sandwiches. And I'm like, that is not my job. No. And these visuals, you know, amplify stereotypes. Um, yeah. They prevent you from being viewed as a leader. So it's important that we all take a moment and think about these things and act on them. Because I said, like you did. Yeah. If no one says anything, nothing will change. Well, I try to use humor to deflect. So, so you know, I, and, and I, I caution people because it depends on your position. You don't want to just tell a senior person no. But you can certainly say, um, if you are in a higher position, I'm really, my time is being spent on the, you know, strategic plan or on something more critical. Let me get Joe to do that or have your assistant do that. Or, you know, if it needs to be done, then yes, but not by me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he learned anything from that, but I made my point. I think I drove my point <laughs> home. Um, we got a good laugh out of it. I'm still telling the story today. So what exactly has been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? I don't know if it's my biggest challenge. I would say, um, okay, I might go into two things, but I'll start with the most recent one, which was the fact that I felt that I was ready after um, 20, you know, over 20 years at a company to try something new and different. And I wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my next chapter would be. I spent probably three years thinking about um, a bunch of things, what my strengths were, what I, um, people came to me for and valued, um, and what opportunities may be uh, out there as a result of this. And this took three years of talking to my network and talking to my network's network and, and actually probably one or two layers beyond that. And I will tell you, some of my biggest supporters and people who gave me thoughts and sent me ideas were people not who I had direct relationships before I started this journey, but people who were deeper down in my network's network. Um, it was really inspiring how generous people could be. 
Yeah. Um, I couldn't have done it without them. And then I spent time thinking about, you know, how do I position myself? How do I think about this next step? And what would it look like? Um, and so, you know, at the end of the year, I retired and I've now launched all, all these, um, this portfolio career, which I am loving. I loved my career at Met. It was a great company. I learned so many things. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with the challenges of learning to do something different. So you basically have reinvented yourself. I like that. I mean, how exciting. It's, um, it's kind of scary, too. It's a risk. I haven't taken, you know, probably this big a risk in a long time. Um, but so far, I think the risk has been worth it. People have, again, been receptive. It's only a couple of months in. We'll see how I feel <laughs> a couple more. Well, I think you're rocking it, at least on social media. It looks that way. And from the people that I have met through you and the overlapping connections that we have, um, you seem to have been meant to do what you're doing at this time in your life. Well, thank you. But, you know, like everything, it just doesn't, all these journeys just don't happen. Right. Um, it takes planning and years of thinking, you know, being strategic and thinking about your network. And when I think back on another career obstacle I had was the fact that I could be very directive and I could be a little bit blunt. And I worked on that. And I worked on that by asking friends and peers to tell me when I was acting that way. And then I would go back through the conversation in my head and trying to reword it. So you know, we're all works in progress and there's always, you know, something we can be doing better. But is that, let me ask you about that because, oh, this is, this is some of what I teach. I mean, I'm going to learn something right here from you. I can feel it coming. Um, I am from the South and then I moved to Boston to work in financial services, which is a very conservative industry. And had I continued to be uh, please, sir. Thank you, ma'am. If you don't mind, could you, would you, sweet tea, Susie? I may never have succeeded in New England in financial services. So I had to take on a new, I had to reinvent myself and take on a new approach and be much more open, honest, direct, drop the modifiers, lower my voice an octave or two, um, call people by their first name and my, not Mr. or Miss. And it really was a reinvention. At the, at, actually, you know Jay Hooley, the outgoing CEO of State Street. He was a friend of mine. And he said to me directly, you need to stop calling me Mr. Hooley or you're going to be the go get me coffee girl for the rest of your career. And he was right. And so, you know, if I was going to be seen as someone who could bring substance to the conversation... I needed to be, you know, Jay, here's the finding, here's what we learned, here's what you need to do, the outcome is this, blah, blah, blah. But if I were in New Orleans or Baton Rouge and I had behaved that way or spoken so directly or, you know, uh, been so open, honest and direct and bold, or maybe some might see that as aggressive versus assertive, that might not have been so well received. So perhaps it is uh, cultural communications as well, you know? Um, I, I think you have to flex your style depending on the culture you're in, the hierarchy. Um, flex your style. I love that phrase. I'm going to use that in my teaching, my training and coaching. Flex your style. Stretch your stuff and flex your style. <laughs> that You got it. <laughs> Just don't like break it. anything while you're doing it. <laughs> I 
money. Uh, unless it's breaking the bank, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm ready. I need to, actually, you know what, Sheila, I, I really could, I, I should probably hire you for a couple of coaching sessions because I am that person that has been known to say, the message means more to me than the money. And that my husband hates to hear me say, and that will hurt me in the long run because I don't want people to think that my message is worthless. You know what I'm saying? I can't keep giving it away. So you have to know your value. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I think that you are a keen businesswoman and I would send, you know, anyone that I want to see succeed to your tutelage and, and have them, you know, hire you, uh, myself included. So tell us a little bit. So we've talked about what you've done and we've talked a bit about what you're doing. Tell us something we don't know. Tell us something surprising about you. Okay. Well, um, one of the not-for-profits that I am involved with is an organization called CARE, which um, does a lot of good work around the world trying to eradicate poverty and listening to disasters. But it tries to do this with a focus of educating and empowering women and girls. As a result of being involved with CARE, we support, um, the group that I am involved with supports a project for about two years. And um, at one point we were um, supporting a maternal health project in Sierra Leone. And the first lady of Sierra Leone, um, who was a do doctor, this is the former first lady now, was visiting the US and I got an opportunity to talk to her about what we could do to improve maternal health um, in developing countries. And it was a remarkable opportunity um, to awesome. learn from someone. That is awesome. That is awesome. So how do you have, I mean, I want to even, I don't, I'm reluctant to even use the phrase spare time. That's like, like, what is that? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like leftover wine. There's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever. What is spare time? I don't know how you, uh, how you have any spare time, but I think that's wonderful that you spend any time outside of your workday doing something so remarkable to make the world a better place. Um, and, and I'm grateful for even your Twitter messages that you send to me and the emails that you send to me to help me uh, in my new business. Um, so I, I, I'm just super grateful to know you. Well, you know what, I think one, um, you have to believe in what you're doing in your spare time, because as you said, we don't have a ton of it. But also, I mean, I learn a lot in my spare time. It energizes me, gets me thinking in different ways, which I think is helpful for no matter what you're doing. So I'm involved with a couple of organizations that, you know, in my view, do good work, and I try to support them however I can. Are you a reader? I re I, yes, I, as you know, I just took, was on a flight this morning to San Diego and I read, watched two movies and read two books. Wow. What did you read? Tell me what you read. I read um, Women uh, Rowing North, about women in aging um, and stories on that. And then the second book I read, thank goodness these were good books and not beach reads, was um, The Only Woman <laughs> in, the, in, in the Room, which was about um, uh, Hedy Lamarr the actress yeah, and the yeah. scientist and it was a sort of a fictionalized account of her early life and both were great. I would like to read both of those books. I too am an avid reader. Um, 
It's getting a little tougher on the eyes, but um, nonetheless worth it. I have enjoyed this conversation. I will see you soon, uh, folks on the listen, listening end of this podcast. I'm about to fly down to La Jolla and see Sheila soon, but this has been really great fun hearing you over the podcast, and we will post this in a blog and then share it to my 15,000 followers, and then I'll share it with you to share with your many, 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 many followers on social media. Not 15,000. Well, <laughs> but soon. But soon. You betcha, you betcha, you betcha. So I will see you soon. And thank you so much for sharing a little bit of that genius brain and humongous heart you have. Well, thank you for having me. You have a huge heart yourself. Thank you.